0: Hello, my wonderful friends, wherever you are. My name is Dr. Linda Price, and I am the Little Old Lady Professor. Today, we're going to be talking about Podcast Nine, and Podcast Nine focuses on finding your best match. And by the way, there is lots and lots and lots and lots of information about finding your best match. On the blog on my website so as after you listen to this podcast or before you listen to it might want to go check some of that stuff out because there's a lot of good stuff in there today anyway when I chose the topic finding your best match I thought well nobody's gonna know what I'm talking about because this is not something that maybe your parents have ever talked with you about maybe your friends have ever talked with you about definitely you've never heard about in school and so it's kind of like well what is this and, and, you know, and, and Dr. Price, why are we even dealing with this in the first place? In, in my experience working with adolescents and adults with learning disabilities and just being a little old lady of 72 years old, one of the things that I've realized is that finding your best match or finding where you fit or what works for you is one of the key factors in adult life. And yet it's something that you never hear anything about. So that's why we're going to focus this particular podcast on that area. The definition for finding your best match is probably one of the, literally the, the vaguest things you're ever going to hear. Uh, a definition that Farley did in 2022 is someone or something that is well suited to someone else and you're kind of going, what? What? Okay, so big deal. Why? What does that even mean? Well, I think the key in that phrase is well-suited. And as I say on the blog, when I think of something that's well-suited to you, think of someone or something that just works for you. It fits you like a glove. It's something that makes you happy. It's someone or something that gives you just exactly what you need. And I think it also ties in real strongly to working with people with learning disabilities and dyslexia because I don't have to tell you one of the challenges and the joys of talking to folks with this invisible disability is that no two people are alike. You know a lot of times we say well I need to be an individual. Well, I need to think about my own strengths and weaknesses. All of that is true. But I think with folks with LD and dyslexia, it's an especially important component because all of you, all of you have lots and lots of things that one person may be good at, the other person may not be, someone else may have this issue, somebody else may not be. So finding your best match, figuring out what works specifically and exactly for you is a very important component. And it's interesting because there's lots of examples that happen in your life every day that you probably never thought about. For example, how many girlfriends or boyfriends or roommates have you gone through over the years because you just aren't compatible? That's pretty normal for adolescents and adulthood. Anybody that's trying to lose 5, 10, or 15, even 20 pounds, how many different diets have you been on? Maybe somebody that would like a pet, how many different pets do you consider? Maybe you've lived at home, maybe you've lived with roommates, maybe you've lived in a dorm at college, maybe you've wanted to get your own apartment or your own house. Again, all of those are different options where you're really trying without even realizing it to find your best match to find that thing or that person that just fits you it makes you happy it gives you what you need the benefits of finding your best match are amazing and that's because when we talk about finding your best match the key component to me of finding your best match is the concept of choice And ladies and gentlemen and everybody that's listening to me, I don't have to tell you if you've got LD or dyslexia, you have spent your life having everybody else make choices for you. Think about when you were going to school. Think about when you were diagnosed. Think about your IP. Think about all the services you got or you didn't get. Your parents were the ones that negotiated the IP, your parents were the ones that sat down with all the professionals and developed all the goals and objectives. If you were able to have a voice in that, God bless you, and I'm applauding you, I don't know if you can hear me, I'm applauding you right now for being able to do that, but in my experience, the vast majority of people with LD or dyslexia do not get a voice in any of the academic or the behavioral or the social goals and objectives all the way from when they're children through adolescence. The other thing is, is you may also find, as especially when you're a teenager, that you listen to other people or you let other people make your decisions for you. Maybe they're your buds that you run around with. Maybe it's a sister that is, has been kind of a, um, you know, like a, a role model for you all your life. Maybe it's a boyfriend or a girlfriend or, or just a very close friend. Maybe it's a teacher. Maybe, you know, you, know, you have a parent that literally has been a helicopter parent that has been on top of you all your life. Again, not saying any of those things are good or bad, but just saying you have given away a lot of your choices, and now it's time to start making your own choices, because if you're able to make those choices, you will eventually find a job that you love and maybe a job that will give you the kind of financial support and assistance that you need. You maybe will be able to find a school where you feel like you fit in a college or a university or a voc tech or a training program where you can be successful. You may feel less stress and anxiety at home because you will feel like you're in a place where you belong and you may feel even, may lose a lot of that social isolation, a lot of that social anxiety. You'll feel like you're going outside of yourself. You're giving something bigger back to the community. All of those are benefits that are potential that can happen for you when you make the choices to find your own best match. At this point, I'm going to stop and give you a quick break. When we've done that, we're going to come back and apply this specifically to your life. let's talk a little bit now about <coughs> excuse me how this can actually happen every day in your life there are a bunch of scenarios there are five actually five scenarios that are on the blog any of which you can go and read and see if they apply to you but i'm going to give you just a couple quick examples the first one is actually from my own experience when i was um the learning disabilities uh, coordinator at the University of Minnesota. And in those days, um, if anybody had a diagnosis of LD or dyslexia, they were sent to me. At that point at the university, we had 35,000 students. So I never knew who was going to walk in my door. And I had a young man come in in to see me that his parents had saved money for years and years and years and years to send him to college. He had um, severe dyslexia could barely read, could barely write, but he wanted to come to the U, and the reason why he wanted to come to the U was because he loved the u 's basketball team, and his parents had followed the basketball team, he had followed the basketball team, he had on a golden Gopher's jersey, he had the books that have the golden Gophers you know book covers on them I mean, this guy was passionate about the University of Minnesota, and that's the reason he chose to go to school here with with us. And that was the reason why his parents literally spent thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to put him through school at the University of Minnesota was because he wanted to go to the U. He wanted to be part of that atmosphere. He had no concept of kind of disability services we offered. He had no concept of what he wanted to do when he got there, what kind of classes he wanted, what his major was going to be. He just wanted to be part of that university experience. And by the way, I heard from a friend of mine who was in a similar position at the University of Kansas that she had the same thing happen where a kid came in and wanted to be a Jayhawk because again of the athletic teams. Now all of that ties into another important concept when we talk about finding your best match and choice and that is what your expectations are. People in in general, whether you have a disability or not, tend to choose something for their lives, either it's a person, place, or thing, because of their expectations. They think, well, if I become a golden gopher and go to the University of Minnesota, then I'm going to be part of that group. I'm going to be happy. I'm going to love being in college there. It's going to be great. But what's sad about that particular story is this young man had such severe dyslexia and absolutely positively refused to have services the next time I saw him he came in because he had been plagiarizing he had literally been buying papers and essays off offline and passing them off as his own he had been talking to some of his friends and copying their work because he was so overwhelmed at school, and we had to let him go. He had to leave the university. It's a sad end, because again, his expectations were totally different than what the actual university environment was for him. He was just not prepared. Another example of, of uh, a scenario, this one is uh, in on the blog, is let's say you have a girlfriend or boyfriend or significant other or somebody that you're crazy about that's your companion and they love scuba diving and you can swim but you really don't care either way but you say okay I'll do this for you and so you get talked into spending tons of money and buying equipment that you will never use taking classes about scuba diving something which you could care about either way but your expectation is, if you do this for him, if you do this for your your the person that you supposedly care about or in love with, they will love you even more, and you will spend more time with them. And so, your is that a good choice for you? Is that the best match for you? Because if you really don't care about scuba diving anyway, should you spend three or four thousand dollars? to be with this person and do this? Or can you find something else that maybe is a better match for you? And that person might also be interested in. I'm not telling you what's right or wrong here because it could be you spend that money, that person adores you, you end up being together and living happily ever after. As some friends of mine have said, not my monkeys, not my circus. I don't know what fits you specifically, but I can tell you that your expectations need to be thought about in that particular scenario. So when we talk about these scenarios, it's also important to tie those in specifically to how they apply to learning disabilities and dyslexia. I'm going to stop at this point, then we'll come back and talk about that topic. hello, I hope that you went out and smoked your cigarette, had your cup of coffee, went to the bathroom, did whatever you need to do, and now you're ready to jump back into the whole amazing world of finding your best match. So we talked about some scenarios a minute ago, and one of the the themes in both of those scenarios was the concept that Those folks, both of those people, whether it was the guy that wanted to be the golden gopher or the person, the girl maybe, or the guy that wanted to, um, has the, the friend or significant other that is into scuba diving, whatever the scenarios, the fact is, is that that person's LD and dyslexia might have made a difference in terms of how that person made decisions. And I'm going to tell you this up front, and this to me is just, even saying these words just kind of makes me scratch my head, if you know what I mean. I have wanted to talk about the connection between making decisions, making choices, expectations, basically finding your best match, and LD and dyslexia for years. I've always thought that would be a fabulous area to research, but I couldn't find anything on it. I mean, literally, nada, zero, big goose egg. To my knowledge, nothing exists about connecting those two areas. And, and while I kind of get that, I think it's also important that we at least address that topic and we at least say, you know, is there something there that we need to think about and pursue further? Or is, how does this, again... Remember, we talk about a lot in these podcasts, how does this apply to your everyday life? So how does this apply to you? Because as I said at the beginning of this podcast, making choices, finding your best match is one of the key components in adulthood to having a satisfying quality of life. So let me throw a couple ideas out here for you. And again, all of this has the citations and any studies that I could find. All of that is on the blog in more detail. There are a number of different ways that I think that finding your best match can be definitely influenced if you have a learning disability or dyslexia. The first one is the whole concept of LD itself. Again, I'm not saying this is true for you. There's a big caveat here. Can you see it? Woo-hoo, great big caveat, okay? Big caution sign, caution, caution, caution. What I'm going to say is generalities, and this may apply to you or this may not apply to you. But just go with me on this, and let's kind of think this through together. Many people, not all people, but many people with LD have problems with attention. They may have problems with memory, either short or long-term memory. A lot of them have problems with organizational skills, and some of them have problems interpreting social cues and interpreting just cues in general. All of that can significantly cause problems when you're trying to make a choice or you're trying to make a decision. Another area that people with LD and dyslexia may have issues is in the area of reasoning skills. Now we know and all you need to do is go back to podcast one and all the information in on the blog on the first topic, what is a learning disability. You'll know that the whole concept of a learning disability is extremely slippery to this day. nobody completely knows what it is. There is no one answer there is no one definition but many researchers and and you know some scholars postulate that A learning disability for some people may involve executive functioning skills. And I've talked about that in other blogs. Um, If you don't know what that is, Google it, executive functioning skills. And executive functioning skills often involve reasoning skills. So if you may, if you have LD or dyslexia, you may also have an executive functioning problem, which means that you may have problems organizing material. You may have problems thinking about multiple topics simultaneously or keeping track of them. You may have trouble integrating your thoughts when you have In general, kind of, you have problems putting all the pieces together. Your brain just doesn't work that way. And so if that's an issue for you with, you know, executive functioning problems, you may really have problems making choices. And I don't have to tell you that. You know that already. Another area that may influence finding your best match is the concept of independence, We've already talked about that, and I am not going to spend time in this block because many people, including my dear friend Sharon Field and her colleagues, um, have talked a lot about what they call self-determination skills, so Google it if you don't know what that is, but the bottom line is, is that we have, have a body of literature, body of research, that show that many people with LD and dyslexia have problems becoming independent. And we've talked about that already. The other area that I've written about, and there's some more information on that, is there's some psychosocial impacts of learning disabilities that may have a, may cause you problems to make choices. Examples are anxiety if you have a lot of anxiety because of your LD, a lot of frustration. Maybe as we've talked a lot about in these podcasts, social isolation, or all of this can lead to a lack of self confidence. All of that means that when you have to make a decision whether to buy a car, whether, you know, where you're going to live as an adult, whether you're going to, which, you know, are you going to stick with your boyfriend? Are you going to have kids? What are you going to do for your vacation? What are you going to eat for breakfast? Any or all of those decisions or choices involve expectations. And they can also be strongly influenced by your specific learning disability. Again, lots more information on that at the blog. At this point, I'm going to stop, and then we could talk about what you can do about that. Hello, back again. So, we've talked about All these different connections between finding your best match and if you have an invisible disability like LD or dyslexia. And now we're going to talk about some tips and tricks. And those are all talked about in your website, uh, in the website, along with all, there's like little click me icons where you can go and you can there's lots of google websites that you can go and play with stuff so let me give you tip number one tip number one is basically from oprah winfrey it's some of oprah's stuff and some of you love oprah some of you don't care about oprah some of you can't stand oprah okay whatever that's your deal i just found this material from oprah and i thought it was really good and it's from a website her website called o's Excuse me, I got a frog in my throat today. <clears> throat> I must have got this from being at the beach. <laughs> it's called O's Four Step Guide to Discovering Who You're Meant to Be, and <clears throat> this is just this fun and funky, easy website. And just do it. Go in and play with some of the activities because I think they're the best introduction to actually finding out what makes you unique? What makes you special? What What's important about you? And then you could take that knowledge and you could take it one step further and find your best match. So uh, it's broken down into six different areas. And those areas are, when you click on the website, you'll see these. The areas are finding your passion, taking stock of your strengths, tap your motivation, reality check your goals, forging ahead, and go. And the cool thing about this website with the six different areas is you could do one activity, you could do all the activities, whatever, you know, whatever makes you happy. For example, even though maybe you think you know yourself pretty well, um, you may still want to try one just for fun. I did the tap your motivation section, and I got to tell you, I, I, it was fun and I was laughing. Um, They ask you, I think it's 10 different questions and you just have to, it's multiple choice. And the the choices, for example, in your motivation, you know, like who motivates you goes all the way from, you know, having public acclaim where people, you know, people cheer and love you to, getting a claim from your pet snake. Hey, you know what? I'm not a snake person. That one didn't apply to me. But it was funny and I enjoyed it. So the point is, is there are a lot of different activities. Jump into them, play with whichever ones you want. And I would suggest that you use a partner if you can't only because you take do some of the activities your partner does some of the activities and you talk about them because you will be amazed even if you think you know somebody really well you may find out a lot of things about them that you didn't know and it's a lot of fun so that's tip number one tip number two involves you and money And God knows if there's one thing we all know in today's society, it's virtually impossible to function without A, your cell phone, and B, money, right? Those are two things that we use all the time that are important to us. I'm not going to go in the cell phone thing not going to talk about that at all but I do want to talk about the money thing and if you look on the blog you will see that I've given you a scenario and it'll give you something to kind of think about when we're talking about how does money apply to your life and to be honest also as an adult how does it influence your choices so let's say you're one of those people that you go buy a lottery ticket every week, God bless you, you put your money down at the you know at the, the local grocery store and you buy your tickets and you win the lottery. Hello, you won the lottery. Or you won publisher's clearance house, whichever you want to do. But you will receive a million dollars per year for the next 20 years. After you stop having your heart attack and catch your breath, again, in this scenario, think about these questions. What are you going to do with the money? Why are you going to do it? How is it going to change your life? How is it going to change the life of the people around you that you love? What does these decisions, what you're going to do with that money, what does that tell you about yourself? So think about those different decisions. And if you did any of the activities with the Oprah stuff before, they could maybe give you some other insights to think about. For example, I'm just going to go back to the motivation activities and in, in from tip number one. Let's say you are an accomplishment um, oriented person. That's your motivation. Is that you you want to make you want to accomplish something. You've got the startup money to start that business that you always wanted, and you know you can turn into the next the next Bill Gates and get all the fame and glory that you want because you've now got the money to do it. But how is that going to affect your life? How is that going to change your life? How's it going to change your relationships with the people around you? And what does this tell you about? yourself what's a good match for you if you're an accomplishment person and you're motivated by that that's your best match go start that dot com company and become rich and famous maybe your your motivation is security OK, that you figure that out from the from tip number one, you are not going to be spending that money. Instead, you are going to be save, 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 save. And that money then is going to go into a bank account. Maybe you'll buy a new house, little will be exactly like the old house and you are going to hold on to that money. Would that be comfortable for the accomplishment-motivated person? Absolutely not. Would that be comfortable for you because security is an issue? Absolutely. So again, think about this. Think about how you apply to, uh, about how you use money every day in your life and figure out kind of what is your best match for making money work for you. I'm going to stop one more time then we'll do the last two tips. Tip number three is one that you can either do now, you can do it as part of the transition process if you're still in high school. Um, It's just kind of a a little game that I think is a lot of fun for people that I've, I've used with them in the past. You and I both know that one of the biggest indicators of adult life and adult success is finding a job that you like, finding your career. People literally spend their whole lives going from job to job to job. I worked with one young man that had 18 jobs in two and a half years because he was trying so hard to figure out what he wanted to do or be when he grew up. And some people, those decisions are made for you. I don't have to tell you, maybe your parents or, um, you know, maybe, uh, you know, like a sister or brother or teacher push you into doing something that you don't want to do. But you need to figure out what your best job match is. A fun way to do that is to make job cards. Now I'm gonna not I'm not gonna go into this in depth in this podcast because all the directions are on the website but job cards are really simple really cheap and really fun and you can do this by yourself you can do it with other people whatever turns your crank um, these are basically just blank index cards where you get you look up 15 to 20 jobs that you're inter- that may be interesting to you and they fall into five or six different job categories like the medical category computers service and so forth and basically what you're doing is you want some obscure crazy jobs like funeral service manager circus transportation manager um, bounty hunter ethical hacker water slide tester or the typical ones that everybody thinks about like being a nurse maybe uh, being a com- you know working with computers maybe um, being a teacher, being a lawyer. Anyway, pick 15 or 20 jobs. On one side of the card, you write that the individual name of the job. And on the other side of the card, you write a couple characteristics. And then you can do all kinds of different things. You could play Jeopardy, you could play Concentration, you could play Fish. You could do all of those things with your job cards. But they will help you kind of think about your job from a bigger perspective. So if you've been working at Walmart for the past five years and you're sick of that, or maybe you're a waitress and you want to move on, or maybe you work in a, you know, in a medical lab and you've always wanted to be a writer, these playing with the job cards will help you see what your best match could be and seeing you move beyond that. Tip number four is one that a lot of us have have already been doing. And this is because of COVID. Um, It's taking a risk. Risk Risk-taking is one of the scariest things in the world. For anybody, any adult, but especially for people with disabilities, because many of them have seen themselves as failures, they've seen themselves as in a negative light for so many years. So, because of COVID, because many of us were, you know, locked into, we were quarantined, we were stuck in our houses, we were stuck with a certain group of people, you know, for for in many cases months, even a year, we've had to learn to figure out how we're going to live in that environment and what works for us. And people have already been taking little making changes and taking little bitty risks. So maybe while you were quarantined during COVID, um, you changed your curtains, or maybe you painted your walls a different color, or maybe you started doing a um, an aerobics program online. You know, you'd been wanting to do that for years. Maybe you learned a new foreign language. Again, all of those things were because you were confined in a small space. So Let's take that and move it to a slightly bigger area so you can figure out what your best match is. I've given you three or four different ways that are kind of gentle ways to help you to take a risk. One is going out of your way to meet a new person. And you don't have to find the love of your life. You don't have to find your first best friend. You don't have to find the next person you're going to get married to or or who is going to have your child. But just go out, meet a couple new people and see what that does for you. See if you find somebody that kind of shakes you up and helps you to find something interesting or new that you hadn't thought about before. Another one is make a written resolution to yourself. Now, I do this. I literally write it on a post-it note and stick it up on my bathroom mirror, but you do whatever works for you. Make a written resolution to change one new thing in your daily environment. This can be as simple as leaving the curtains open when you sleep at night. It can be as simple as um, making your lunch instead of eating out every day when you go to work. If you're walking, take a different route one day. But again, try to figure out one new thing that you're going to change in your daily environment and see if it makes a difference for you. A third one that I really like is documenting three rituals that you do every day. For example, you're not going to believe how ritualistic many many of us are. Maybe you make your breakfast the same way every day. Maybe when you walk to school, you walk exactly the same route every day. Maybe you you socialize with the same people. Maybe you've been playing bridge with the same the same um, people for the last four years and you always play every Tuesday or every Thursday every day except for holidays maybe you buy your clothes from the same place maybe you have the same hairdo again find a ritual and then think about changing that ritual just for a couple days and the fourth way to do this would be to and I love this is find yourself a change buddy find somebody that you hang out with or that you know that you love that you know you want them to be kind of your buddy in this experience and you could tell them hey guess what I'm I'm working on shaking up my life a little bit and and I'm going to make just a real simple change and I need to tell you about it and would you do me a favor and you see if there's something in your life that you want to change. So you figure something out, I'll figure something out, we'll both take a mild risk and we'll talk about it and see whether it works or not. If you want to do, you know, and even even be even a bigger risk taker, you can maybe find a buddy and take a line dancing class together. You've always wanted to do that. Um, maybe you could take a trip together to Greece. You've always wanted to do that. You've never done that before. But again, find that person or someone that can help you, can support you, and you can support them while you're making a change in your life, taking a risk to see what is your best. goal risk or was your best match excuse me well folks at this point we've reached the end of podcast number number nine and i'm going to say to you what i always say hope you learned some new ideas or maybe had some things to think about in terms of finding your best match but and hopefully it will give you some insights on how that can be such a strong factor to impact your life that's one of the major ways that you can stop feeling invisible is to become empowered and to find what works for you or find your best, best match. And that will help you step out of the shadows. So like I say every time if this you are enjoying these podcasts and the blog and the website please tell other people send me your feedback. I love hearing from you. I love talking with you and also um if you want you can subscribe that's cool too but the point is is that this is for you and I'm going to tell you what I say at the end of every podcast you need to come out of those shadows start living your life and live it with style and grace and kindness and so this ends podcast number nine and it's goodbye from the little old lady professor until next time